This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. a conversation about culturally responsive education, the other, or I should say culturally responsive teaching, which is the other CRT. I know CRT has its own little, you know, it's sort of been taken over and co-opted by folks like Christopher Rufo and those on the right who are intent about ensuring that we only get a white supremacist vision of the world and through schools and all of that. Uh, but the reality is uh, that the other CRT, culturally responsive teaching, really is a key for how we ensure that all of our children's needs are being met. And as I always like to say, or quote, one of my dear friends, Khalila Braun, may she rest in peace. Uh, she used to always say, uh, every school is culturally responsive. The question is to whose culture are they responding? My guest today is Asada Moore. She's an expert mathematician, former high school uh, principal, and a major thought leader. Dr. Moore, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, we spoke with one of your uh, 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 collaborators, I should say, comrades, uh, partners, uh, just earlier last week uh, about Urban Intellectuals, this amazing program and organization uh, that really is seeking to provide culturally responsive educational materials, programming and opportunities uh, for children who are traditionally excluded from that type of focus in the education system. You, however, have a particular angle and approach to this because you are centered in math and math is one of those areas math and science or people if you're talking about having a culturally responsive curriculum they're like oh well that's for the Englishes and and sociology classes I I teach math numbers are not racial numbers are not cultural talk to us about what black math genius is and why we need it absolutely Um, it's one of those things, you know, young people these days say, you know, what's understood doesn't need to be said, right? (laughs) And so we're all programmed to understand that what white means genius. Mm -hmm. They don't even have to say it. Okay. If you think of, I did a a, a presentation recently and I asked people to write down the name of someone that has made a major contribution to science, anything STEM related. Almost every single one, except for Katherine Johnson, who I'm sure the one black woman in the room put, Everyone put people like Ford, Zuckerberg, so on and so forth. So by default, it's understood that white men specifically are geniuses. Mm. But then when I put up a number of black mathematicians, scientists, the Ishango bone out of Africa, the Lobobo bone that proved that black women were the first in the world to do mathematics, no one knew of that. Mm. And so then we have to get to intent because everything is designed with a purpose. And education is designed with a purpose. And then you have to ask, what is the purpose? What is the intent? And so the Black Math Genius Program in every word is very specific. And others have questioned, well, what if we had a White Math Genius Program? Well, you do. You just don't Mm. call it that. That's right. Okay. And so the Black Math Genius Program is speaking directly to students. And so when others, adults, are in an uproar or over it, The thing is, I appreciate and I understand your point of view from your level of thinking. Mm. However, this is not about you. And unless you can show me something that has worked for black children, then I suggest that you listen to the expert, which is me, that has had great success and results with what's going on. And furthermore, you are not an educator, but that's the Mm. privilege. Even white ignorance get privilege. Wow. 
how do we have a conversation about numbers in a way that's culturally responsive? If someone is out there saying, well, two plus two is four. If I, I mean, I should be able to teach that to anybody of any culture. How is it that we can even bring a cultural conversation into the realm of something that seems as black and white as numeric calculations? What do you say to a comment um, like that? I'm, I'm glad you asked that. And so you're familiar with the Pythagorean theorem, right? Oh, we yes, all learned that in high well, well, for those of us who, yeah, who have forgotten or had a bad negative experience with it, please feel free to expound. <laughs> yeah, but even in the name, we know it. A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? That's the one I remember, yes. <laughs> the major problem with that is that Pythagorean came along 2030 years after the Egyptians were already using it. Wow. And so he learned that from the Egyptians. And the mathematical proof is still there in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid in Giza in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so then the question is, why give the credit to Pythagoras when he learned it from black Egyptians? Again, Mm -hmm. we get back to intent. So that's one of the cultural pieces that are there. The other thing is, is that when you think about black people and you think about how we engage so one of the lessons I do is on Sigma, right? And in that lesson, I put in, oh, and this is similar to the symbol that are used by the Sigmas, and there's, this is, these are these educated black brothers that blah, 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 and then I go into that. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing some pieces on generative math and the colors that I use, I use black and red and then pink and green and introduce that. Why do I introduce? Because typically those that have pledged a fraternity or a sorority, they have a certain unity, and success mm. level that is greater than those that go to others. And so it's that piece of always trying to get to success. Mm. We had a, an example one time, uh, or uh, one of the studies that I'd read when we were uh, providing professional development for educators on how to incorporate the, the vast amount of literacy, or I'm sorry, literature that exists and, and research that exists that supports mm-hmm. the idea of race, culture, and identity in the classroom leading to academic success. And we always gave this example mm-hmm. of an educator who was a math teacher who before she could get to the lesson, let's say in this case, it's the Pythagorean theorem. Before she can even get to that lesson, she had the students focus on social issues within the community, things that mattered to them a lot, things they were very, very concerned Uh about. One of the unifying issues for all of the children was the overabundance of alcoholism in their families, in their neighborhood, in their community. Uh And so she took that concern. And then instead of going straight to the math, she had them plot out on a chart where all of the access to alcohol was at in their community. And then they could compare it to other surrounding communities that had a very different demographic makeup and look at what was available there. So we're making comparisons, we're using statistics, we're using uh, population analysis. And in the course of learning the material for that unit, these children were also effective at closing down some of the alcohol distribution centers within their community. So they had a direct uh, connection between the formulas Mm -hmm. that she was trying to teach them and the real world application in their reality. We had another school where we were working with and they were reading the new Jim Crow. And in the English class, they were working on press releases. And in the science class, they were working on this, that, and the other, all centered around this book. Mm -hmm. And in the math classes, they were using the population of incarceration and comparing it to uh, the populations from where our incarcerated brothers and sisters came from and using statistical analysis using numerical calculations but it was all centered in something they passionately cared about what is it about this method of teaching that says let me hook you in with something you care about first then teach you the substance i need you to learn what is it about that as a best practice that seems to be evading so many educators in our country today 
Yes, absolutely. I appreciate what you just shared, but then at the same time, I I don't. And the reason is, and no disrespect, the reason is, is that we're always tapping into our trauma. And so the Black Math Genius Program, because the things that you mentioned, it's the same thing that politicians do when they talk about what they're going to do for the black community. Mm. Oh, we're going to do this. And so you tap into alcoholism and you tap into the prison thing. But then what I like to do is Black Map Genius, because what we're doing is we're priming. And Mm. there's a such thing as priming. If I repeat to you the color yellow over and over and over again and then ask you to name a fruit, you're going to name a banana or a lemon. Wow. And so even we're, when we're attempting to be culturally responsive, sometimes we're not. And so Ooh. when you're always throwing to our children alcoholism and being in jail, even if they don't go that route, they think they've that of primed. others that mm. look like because they've been primed to think that, that everything about black folks is about our struggles. And it is not. Wow. There are other things. So instead of that teacher doing that, the statistics that she could have looked at and put a responsibility on them would have been the number of black doctors and what their success looks like. Wow. Studying, right. Uh, 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 studying Reginald Lewis and how he got to where he was at. Mm. Studying the accomplishments and the role of good parental involvement, because that's how Beyonce got to where she's at. That's how Tiger Woods got to where he's at. That's how the Serena, uh, Venus and Serena got to where they're at. But looking at the best of what it means to be of African descent, because mm. if we take that model, and do positive priming instead of negative priming, we get the actual results. Because what they're doing with that is not working, and we know that it is not working, because our data for the past four to five decades is on the decline. Wow. And so my approach is more so of a positive approach and saying, hey, this is what's possible. And I, don't, I, do a, I teach an online course to some students out of California and it's only supposed to be an hour Tuesday, and it's online by Zoom. The worst method of teaching for me, I do not like it. <laughs> Those children keep me on 30-plus minutes after class wow. every single day doing math and Python programming that I'm using a college-level course, and the youngest student in there is about fourth grade. Mm. And I'm not discussing with them our trauma because they get that every single day. But when are they having an opportunity to say that there's greatness on you, you stand on the shoulders of greatness. And if you do these things, you too will be great. Not only will you change your life, your family life, you will break this curse of generational poverty. Mm. Because at the end of the day, those are the numbers that matter. And I I say this all the time. There is no such thing as an achievement gap. It's not that our children cannot achieve. Otherwise, just out. If you want to think that black folks are stupid, if that's what you really want to say, then say that. What we have is a belief gap. Come on now. People do not believe in black children the way that they believe in other. And this goes for black people, too. Ooh. You have black parents that will say to their children, oh, I wasn't good at mathematics. Actually giving them a pass not to pursue something that would drastically change their lives. Ooh, Dr. Moore, I'm guilty of that. I, I've said on this hey. show many times, I have never, I was never good at math. I wanted to be a doctor. I had a bad math. I am guilty you're of that. You're priming other people to be okay with that. Wow. You're priming other people to be okay with that. Because when you accept, when you accept that you can't do something, that stops all of the action for achieving it. Mm. 
man you are breaking see this is why i tell people to come to the show with pen and paper because taking notes <laughs> this is important we gotta take notes yeah. and please just at, at, at any point please push back this is the point of this show is not to have a, an amen corner it's to really explore these right. issues so that we are thinking differently about it because i think uh for the educators and those examples i gave i don't think that it occurred to them that they were negatively priming and it didn't even occur to me even as i have studied what they did that there was that negative priming but i think that speaks to how we have been primed to sort of see the most negative in ourselves and to tap into trauma as a source of inspiration as opposed to what it is you're doing which is tapping into that black math genius and i think that is so instructive Uh, and i'm so glad that you just broke that down you are finding successes throughout this program you just talked about the students who are learning a college curriculum in the fourth grade why is the success that you are experiencing and the success that other teachers who are engaged in culturally responsive teaching methods, why is that success not being studied and replicated in schools? And I'm not even talking about the schools where we're only a fraction of the population, but in schools where the most of us are there, like we have some of the most segregated schools now that we did even before uh, uh, Brown v. Mm-hmm. Board of Education. Why is it that there can be an example of success like what you are experiencing that seems to be largely ignored if not completely rejected. And we can talk about some of the experiences you've had with that as well. Why is it that we're not replicating these successes more, particularly in the spaces where numerically speaking, geographically speaking, demographically speaking, we should be able to? Because it is extremely profitable Hmm. for others to benefit off of black struggle Hmm. and black poverty. Hmm. Think about how profitable for the other side that crime is think about how profitable it is for asians and arabs that we do not understand wealth building Mm. and the power of creating businesses in our community think about Mm. how profitable it is for private corporations to almost get slavery (laughs) wages you know when when you look at the few cents for those private corporations to benefit off of prisons. Think about how profitable it is and how many judges you have. What happens when we get our stuff together? Wow. All that profit is at risk. Absolutely. Mm. That's at risk. Think about how profitable it is for educational consultant companies and all to come in and say, you know, hey, this is what you need to do, knowing that it's never going to work. Right. And talking about what to do for black children, so on and so forth. Think about how profitable it is for landlords that we never understand wealth and the power of home ownership, mm. that we remain tenants for all of our lives and pay their mortgages off in 30 years. Ooh. Wow. So then why would they? So then where do we as parents and people who are concerned about this, what is it that we should be doing differently? Because I, I, you know, my, we are, I'm in New York city. And like I said, the most segregated school district, I think of any in the nation, uh, there are schools with dismal, dismal, uh, outcomes that are all black, all Brown, Mm -hmm. black principal, black assistant principal, predominantly black teachers. And yet they, too, are producing some of these same results. So it's not even just, you know, who's in front of the classroom. I would take a well, I shouldn't say that. That might be a little too hyperbolic. It's not just who is the the representation in the building. There is something unique about having a culturally responsive educational pedagogical approach 
like the one that you are operating in, that we are not seeing taught in teacher certification programs. We are not seeing explored in any meaningful way, uh, even in schools where everybody from the Ruta to the Tuta is someone who is of African descent. (laughs) And so I guess Uh my question is, as a parent, what is it that I should be doing that I perhaps may not yet be doing? But what is it that I should be doing to ensure that even if my school is not providing my child an education that is going to meet their needs? And frankly, this is important for parents and non-parents, because if you live in a community where people are being born, you are going to be in a community that's going to be shaped by the people as they grow up. So what is it that I as a parent should be doing so that I am doing the proper priming, the positive priming that you're talking about and engaging them in programs that are going to be specifically designed for them when I'm in a desert of education within my immediate community? Absolutely. And that's great. And, you know, one of the things is just because they're physically representative, they were taught in the same factories, if you will. Mm. And so mentally, they're the same as everyone else. Right. Mm. But then you also have some that even if they get it, they're so boggled down with the politics of education and the bureaucracy and all of that of education that they just don't have the strength and the energy to do so. Mm. Now, I didn't allow that as an excuse for myself. If I had to be in my school to 11 o'clock at night or on Saturdays and Sundays or whatever sacrifices I had to make, I made it. But we also can't expect people to everyone to do everything that, that the way that we're going to do it. Right. So yeah. we have to respect that. So what I would say is that this is on parents. I don't see that in mass that schools are going to fix it. You'll get some good principals here and there. Hopefully some that are listening say, hey, let's bring her in and let's make some serious changes. Right. Um but parents are going to have to realize that, hey, this is what it is, and mm. I have to move differently. That's right. I have to watch. Think about how many parents turn their children off from mathematics. Guilty is charged. Climate, but, two, mm. but two, we're getting so frustrated with them. How many t- they're sitting there at the table. They're rolling their eyes. They're comparing them to the sibling who's doing well. Wow. They're huffing and puffing. They're screaming at them. And so you're invoking the fear and you think that that's helping. And what you're doing is you're really pushing them further down the negative slope of being able to do well in mathematics. Mm. And so it, when parents understand their role and the commitment that it's a lot being a parent, but that is what you signed up for when you did what you did in the bedroom <laughs> to produce them. Okay. <laughs> so just as you enjoyed that, hopefully get ready to enjoy being a parent. And that means not being your child's friend, expecting the best from them Mm. and providing opportunities for them to struggle in a healthy way with learning. And so if we can watch, you can talk to some adults and they know every series that's on every on Hulu, Netflix, everything, you name it. And if you just took 20 minutes of that time with them, like in the Black Map Genius program, we say, just go through the modules. Even if you can't do it while you're cooking, hey, what did you learn on that modular arithmetic today? Oh, that's interesting. Tell me about it. Mm. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you're doing that. That geeks students up. Mm. But, but, but so parents have to take responsibility. The educational system, for the most part, it is what it is. That's right. And I'm doing some consulting. And there are some that want to like, hey, we didn't know. We don't know how to do it. Can you come and help us? And, and I'm doing that. But I'm also one person. And so and you don't have a lot of people that's out here on, the, on, on this path of being intentional about black children. That's right. And that's that right. know mathematics well enough <laughs> where they can break it down. Because I'm in many classrooms where the teachers aren't strong in their content. That's a whole nother subject. 
mm. that's impacting just children in general, not even black children. So parents have to take responsibility for their children. And it's a drastic difference for those that do. Um, so, so that's the piece. I mean, it, it's difficult, but it must be done. It's like saying, hey, if you have an opportunity to make sure that your children are successful in the future, and we know what scores matter. Forget these test scores. When was the last time someone asked you about your test score? <laughs> right. But they want to know that credit score. They want oh. to know how much money is in oh. your account. They oh. want to know how much equity is in your home. Wow. Those are the things. Those are the real data points that matter. And for us, home ownership rates have been stagnant from black people from the 60s. The wealth gap is growing and Hispanics have passed us in that. We're at the bottom of the bottom with that. Mm. So the real data points that matter as far as our standard of living when we become adults, because you only spend a little time being a child. The That's bulk right. of your years are as an adult and we're not ready as adults. Wow. You've had a lot of successes and there have been some incidents of pushback as well. What have you seen in terms of uh, the galvanizing of folks who are, quite frankly, really excited, (laughs) really excited Mm -hmm. to push back as much on this as they can? How have you seen some of the efforts of schools that you've worked with, how they have been able to sort of grapple with this negative element, this resistance to any type of education that's going to center the needs of our children? in, in, conf- in, in contrast to what has traditionally been the norm? You know, the first thing I say with that is like all sides, just, just calm down. I'm not, I'm not going to cuss on the shit. Like just calm down <laughs> and chill out. Because here's the first thing. All right. For people that are want to say, you know, oh, black children need this, blah, blah, blah. Think about if white folks had made a program called the White Map Genius Program. Just the name. We would be in an uproar. Mm. So first we have to acknowledge the way that something makes the other people feel and then try to understand their perspective and then how do you address it as opposed to saying they're just racist because everything is not about being racist. Some of it is just about being ignorant, even though racism is a form of ignorance, but it's just about being ignorant. Mm. And so even though that there was initial pushback, first of all, there was other people trying to tell them about my program, right? Because it, it threw them off center. You're in West Virginia and you have some Trump town and you have something to come in and talk about black map genius. Oh no, you're in an uproar. <laughs> no doubt about it. You're in an uproar. Right? So I'm like, hey, and I'm telling the people that I work with, I'm like, hey, y'all chill out. It's going to be all good. Don't worry. As soon as I get in front of the principals, we're, we'll be all good. Mm. And here's why I knew when I got in front of the principals, educated people, they aren't as aggressive with being loud, but they understand. Hmm. When you think about the people on both sides, the liberal side, uh, you know, the right, the left, so the ones that are out there the loudest are usually the most ignorant. Hmm. And they're spreading all of the hatred and the back and forth. So you need to be able to get into the room with those that make have sense and that are the decision makers without all of the noise. Wow. Yeah. And stand on that common ground. And my common ground when I got in there and it was a room full of white principals, but they were very receptive to what I had to say when I was there to represent my program myself. And wow. they came up and they said, wow, we understand it better now. Hmm. This makes a lot of sense. The response okay. was well received and it was nothing but white principals in there. And they had never looked at it that way. But my common ground was that, hey, we're all educators. Right. And why did you all sign up to do this? 
And when they wrote down on their stickers, why? No one said, because I just want to help white children. Mm. They said things like, we love children. Right. We want to help others. And so I reminded them of why they got into education. Mm. And then we were able to start from there. What if I would have came in and said, y'all don't want this program because y'all racist? That whole conversation don't even happen the same way. Exactly. Wow. And so what I did was when all the noise was going on, I didn't feed into it. I didn't engage, engage in the ignorance. I tried to listen to those and see what the real concern was, what they were afraid of. Mm. And then I addressed it from that standpoint, respectfully. And I kept reminding them that we need to be focused on students because right now adults are doing what they're doing. They're taking all of the fame and glory from the children. We're, mm. we're big children wanting all of the attention. And so I kept bringing them this, and I, and, and I shared the data. I said, even if, if black students were to double their scores right now, they would still be last. Wow. Right. The data is horrible. And I said, now, can you all give me something that you all have used that has addressed this and had positive results? And so if you can't give me a solution, and I'm presenting you one. Mm. Right. And I'm presenting you one that I've used for the past 20 plus years that has been extremely successful. Wow. Dr. Moore, I, I need to know how because I, I right now you just rock my world. I am going to stop saying I'm bad at math. I've, I've said it on it's yes. sort of I, I, I'll be honest with you, doctor. I've almost taken a point of pride. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a successful lawyer. I didn't need to be good at math. I wasn't good at math anyway. And and even as you said that, I felt convicted because I'm thinking, have I, you know, by the grace of God, my son got his math skills from my dad, which skipped a generation. <laughs> so, like, so, you know, he, he ended up OK. But my, I have a, I have a third grader and she is a girl. And I am really now even going back in my own thought process about conversations I've had that may have communicated to her. Well, mommy wasn't yep. good at math and it's okay uh -huh. for you too. And so I, I have to make some immediate changes. Number one, I have to yeah, stop. There, saying and that. there's a whole thing of research on that, on how women and women teachers in particular mm. negatively impact girls in mathematics. Oh so my yes, God. I'm glad you're pointing that out. Yep. I, I, so so we're, we're, we're doing the most damage to girls. That yeah. that to me is is horrifying. So I'm gonna have to do some prayer and meditation on that. I got to change my own <laughs> language, which I think also means I have to deal with sort of how my esteem has been kind of wrapped around justifying Absolutely. my experience. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to do some some therapeutic work on that. So I've got my power work assignments, <laughs> my homework assignment. But now I'm thinking, okay, I have a 14 year old. He's doing very well at math. But I'm I'm listening to what you're talking about. He's not getting anything that what you're saying. He's got good math teachers, but he's not getting black math mm -hmm. genius. My third grade. She's definitely not getting black man. <laughs> she got a mama who got to correct some things. How do I sign? How would I, if I'm a parent listening to this, how do I take advantage of your program if I'm not in Virginia? You mentioned you have students in California. How is it? Is yeah. it a set series of classes? They just blackmathgenius.com. And Excellent. it's a uh, online course that covers mathematics. I mean, it breaks mathematics down. Everything really boils down to arithmetic, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Subtraction is repeated addition. Multiplication, uh, subtraction is the inverse of addition. Multiplication is just repeated addition. Division is repeated subtraction. Mm. And so, but what I do is deep conceptual understanding because they understand those things and they can go from multiplying to multiplication to understanding that exponents is a form of multiplication, roots and logarithms, and how that's the basics for hash functions, which is what makes Google Google hash functions and how mm. we do searches so quickly. 
So what I'm doing with the program is making sure that students understand mathematics well enough so that they are prepared for the jobs of the future of 2030. All the top jobs of 2030 are mathematics dependent because this program, artificial, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, think about these social media platforms. That's all tech and programming and understanding algorithms and mathematics. If they're not proficient in mathematics, and when they grad, when students of today are graduating, they're going to be choosing the lower bottom uh, majors that are going to, by default, keep them impoverished for the rest of their life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so that's what we're doing. Black people right now, 20% of us, we're overrepresented. We're going into the top three majors that keep us impoverished. Mm. Even going to college. So by default, 20% of our college students are still going to be in poverty once they're done with college. You know, I think about that because every we're time. we're not I, choosing math majors. Right. I, I remember somebody telling me we are so overrepresented in, sco- in social work. And there are so yeah, many, proportionally right speaking, we yeah. are so overrepresented in social work, and which is not a, uh-huh. a financially remunerative uh, profession yeah. for many. Uh, uh-huh. And because we're yeah. over-indexed there, it's not as though there is a gaping need for us to be present in that space, even though locally that, you know, that may, may pan out a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Dr. Yeah. Moore, two things. Number one, you have to come back. Like we, I'm looking at the course Absolutely. content right now, uh, how to use this course, the learning process, the Dogon philosophy, the principles of Ma'at and the Nguza Saba. That, so the first thing is we got to get you to come back. The second thing is uh, having already confessed my need to adjust my self-talk <laughs> about my own math. Could I take this course with my child? Because I feel like I'm about to sign up my daughter. We had, a, <laughs> we, had a, we had a father. He said he bought it for his two kids. He said, but then I was taking plumbing or something. like. He said, so I took the course with him and I started doing it. Wow. He said it helped me with what I'm doing. And then we had another parent uh, out of Europe, actually. And she went in. Uh, picked up a, a programming major after going through the course. So wow. parents are using it because what it is is that when you buy it, it's for the family because, we again, we're on morals and values, right? And so we understand the importance when families work together. If you think about mm. other cultures, when they work together. And so it's, it's very, you know, it's leaning towards, you know, that, that family, that education, and the wealth building of it. So it's not just about mathematics. Uh, it's about those values and things as well. And the mental first, you know, yes, we want mm. wealthy black people, but we want wealthy black people with morals because money in the hands Oof. of a fool is dangerous. Oh, my God. You are speaking my language. OK. And you have yeah. at the top so of this page. Them out here wealthy. That's right. Because <laughs> then they start being wealthy fools and, and right. starting we, we, schools. We can't and, be like other capitalists. We, there's a different level of responsibility on us. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Moore, you have given me all of the life that I needed today. I told my audience I've been up since six in negotiations before this show. I'm about to go back into negotiations after this show. And this is, I think, the happiest I've been all day uh, in having this conversation oh, with you. you. Uh, so we've got your commitment to come back. And, y'all, I just want you to know when you go to uh, blackmathgenius.com, or SankofaClub.com. Remember, this is also related to what Mr. Taylor was talking about when we had him on. Yes. Yes. At the top of the page, y'all know what it says? I'm about to tell you right now. It says in big, all capital letters, math is the blackest (laughs) thing ever. ever. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I, I so appreciate you. Uh, we have another host Appreciate on the station. Too. Congratulations on being an attorney. We need that in oh, our community. You. That's huge. So thank you for that. Well, and, I, uh, I appreciate Nico, that. Ian, I always got to thank the team, Nicole. You know, it's about unity. So it's not just me and Freddie. We, you know, we have a team behind us that's making this happen. So mm. I want to make sure I thank them as well. 
Indeed, indeed. I got to be honest with you. Had I had this in my life when I was a young person, I might actually be a doctor right now. That was my fun. That was my my real goal. And I, you know, I might still make it. You never yep. could. You never know. You never know. It's yep. never too late. Dr. Moore, we, we love you and appreciate you. And we're going to definitely get you Thank back you so on the much. show. Love you all too. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.